raising the spectacular John Noderman. And my assistant, Josh Nichols. Wow. I I started to intro myself there, and then you... I mean, this is the first time... I had to walk all over it. It's all about misdirection, Josh. This is the first time that you've ever said my name in our act. Like, usually you make me say it myself. I feel like I've come a long way. We're talking about magic. You've grown. You've grown. (laughs) We're talking about magic and the amazing, the spectacular illusionist John Oderman and Josh Nichols. So, John, magic. That's, it's kind of a broad theme because, I mean, when people think magic, I think recently they probably think about, like, Harry Potter and fantasy world and things like that. We're talking about, like, magicians. We're talking about, like... David Copperfield. Yeah, David Copperfield. Everything from Houdini to Copperfield David to... David Blaine. Uh, David Blaine. Maybe a Curse Angel, I guess. You could probably consider the him. The Mind Freak. The Mind Freak. Um, do you... On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you regurgitate when you are confronted with the word magic, and 10 being... You're a magic groupie, and you follow around magicians show to show. Where are you on the scale of liking magic? somewhere in the middle. Like a five? Six or seven. Okay, so more... Yeah. Wow. I'm a fan. That's okay. I'm a fan of magic. So, what is it about magic that you like? Well, here's the thing about magic, though. Like, I think you have to kind of, like, group in illusionists with the magic. Because, I mean, if magic was real and it existed... That'd be really scary <laughs> uh, yeah, if, like, true, true magic existed. I mean, we're talking more of, like, the, the misdirection, illusionist guys that are, are able to do some really cool stuff. But it's not really, like, real magic in, to the purest definition of the word. Well, and, and you, know, I, you know what I mean I by guess, that? You understand what I mean by that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, 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 think, I think there's a distinction that we, we should make real quick. I'm, I don't know how versed you are in the magic world. I don't get really into the history of it too deep, but I am fond of certain magicians. I really, I think David Copperfield is one of the best overall stage illusionists. I mean, he's got some really cool effects. I think David Blaine revolutionized um, magic in a way with street magic and close-up magic, at least popularizing it. Um, But I, I really respect the opinions of Penn and Teller as magicians as far as their stance on magic and not conning people. And and really, their, I think a lot of their um, viewpoints and opinions came from the amazing Randy. Uh, James Randy was a magician back in the day, and he got involved with debunking and exposing people who said that they were magicians or that they were mentalists, or that they could read people's minds, or talk to the dead, and he exposed them for being frauds. Seems like you've got like a lot of expertise in this area. Like it sounds like you're maybe at like a eight or a nine, or maybe uh, even well, a ten. I, I I I kind of respect logic. I respect logic, and I expect people who do things for moral reasons. A, a good magic trick is kind of there's a lot. There's an engineering element to it oh absolutely i mean uh, magic magic is something it has uh you know it's got that showmanship it's got sleight of hand or illusion or some sort of mechanic some of it is engineered even david copperfield i mean 
has patents on the technologies that he created for Trek. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I want to do this trick, and literally the way to do it is not invented yet. I will patent technology to do it. I mean, that is extreme engineering. But but one of the tenets Like creating of, a magic box. Like creating a magic box? Yeah, because you're, ma- you're a magician. Yeah. And oh, you can create a box that's magic. And then patent it. That Kind of true. Actually, David nobody knows how he made it. Well, not, once they? once the patents get released, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So, for instance, the patent is filed. One of his uh, one of his inventions and his really astounding tricks was uh, one of his specials. He said that when he was a little kid, he always wanted to fly, and he said, "Today, I'm going to fly on stage." And so they levitated him, and they did some traditional tricks with rings around his body, where it was an optical illusion. And then you would think, okay, he's still on wires. And they put him in a glass box and closed the lid, and he was flying inside the box with the closed lid. Well, he had invented a technology wiring that was so thin and transparent, instead of having one giant wire holding him up, he had thousands of small wires, and you couldn't detect them and see them, and the box closed around it. And, And it worked. He was able to suspend himself. But uh, but again, those patents come out. But he did some really cool stuff. Now, b- back to the whole Amazing Randy thing. He created the James Round- Randy Foundation, and he offers, I think it's a million dollars now, that if anyone can prove that they are psychic or can read the thoughts of you know people or can do anything supernatural, contact the dead, you will, he will write you a check for a million dollars. And wow. they set up a test, yeah. and they have done oh, these yeah, tests yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, over yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, familiar with this guy. Sure. Yeah, they have done these tests over decades, and they set up you know certain tenants. They're like, okay, if you're saying that you can do it this way, we're going to set up a couple parameters so that we don't get a false positive, and then you have this statistical chance. I, as a layman, could do this statistically within this number of times, and they have to repeat that. And every time they do it, they're not able to accomplish the test, but they always say, well, the test was faulty because, you know, the cardboard that was used to cover the object, you know, had acidic elements. You know, they'll come up with some reason. Um, But the whole point of, I was trying to make as far as magic goes, is they basically say that you shouldn't con people. When Penn and Teller do an act, by them coming out and saying, we're magicians, we're doing fake illusions, we are not real wizards, enjoy the show. They uh, let you know yeah. that they're not real. They don't come out and say, I have been gifted this ability. Yeah. And I think in a That's way... That's true. There's, there isn't like the fraud element. Like the, yeah. You, you know, that you're not... Uh, you're going in with both eyes open. Uh, exactly. And I think David Copperfield, even in a sense... And I didn't... It doesn't bother me when it's not extreme. David Copperfield has been known as a magician. But when he's on TV he's saying, as a little kid I wanted to fly and now tonight I can fly... That's adding a story element that I think is okay. Uh, you know, I don't think he's trying to capitalize upon really making people think he can fly. You know, it's a it's an illusion. And I think that's a distinct difference when people try to use magic or mentalism or power to trick people and try to get their wealth or riches and those types of things. And, you know, I, 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 one of the people that they exposed was one of those... Uh, kind of televangelist, uh, you know, preset. Okay, they yeah, were yeah. Healing people. Yeah. And they brought in radio equipment that was basically able to intercept 
the preacher's wife feeding him the names and information of people over a headset. Okay. And they caught him and were able to expose that. And I know that that's getting into religion, but was he really healing people though? No, no. Well, I mean, were they plants or what? Um, No, a lot of times they had them fill out cards before the show saying, these are my ailments and this is this and that's that. (laughs) Or um, they probably could have had plants that sometimes that would get up and walk or this and that, or, um, and I don't know specifically with that guy. I think I've heard of other um, instances of this happening where they would put someone, for instance, in a wheelchair who had some mobility issues and said, oh, well, let me let me go ahead and wheel you to your seat. And they presented them as though they couldn't walk. Like they alluded to the fact like you're going to get up and you're going to walk. But really, they, they could walk. And yeah. just by the way they talked, it made it seem like they couldn't. And when they got up, they're mm-hmm. like, I'm standing. I, oh my God. I can yeah. always stand. Oh, yeah. And nobody in the crowd says, well, wait a minute. You know, tell me more about it. They can walk. So so that is the tenets of, I think, of a lot of magicians. If you want to see a magic trick, let's heal Stephen Hawking. Wow. Yeah. You know, wow. that, that, that's, that's, that's really mad. That'd be magical. That would be magical. So I guess I set that base and that little background because I in some ways judge magic kind of based on those parameters a little bit as well. I went to see a Chris Angel show okay. uh, in Las Vegas and I, one, I thought his magic was poor. I mean, we could see the trap Dory type elements. We could see the switching of his body double very overtly. And, and it was not, it just, he didn't have the quality of magic for a stage show. On TV, I think it's a lot about camera angles and plants and reshoots and things like that, in my opinion. And I just don't think that he's as magical. Like, he's not as much an illusionist. It almost seems like he's passing it off as, I'm real. I'm the mind well, freak. Yeah, and, and the Chris Angel stuff, does he do a ton of live stuff? Uh, Really, the Vegas stuff, I think, is his, you know, jump into live stuff. And according to the TV shows, the... The things are live, but they're filming. Yeah, yeah. But they have angles and things that they're able to kind of switch around. Uh-huh. So editing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't buy it. Um, th- there's a great example. Um, I think it was America's Got Talent and a couple of those shows. They have this video of um, a guy sawing someone in half. And it's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. When you watch the America's Got Talent, I could not figure out how they did it period and then you see the uncut version of it where they took out the part where the trick actually happens okay the part that if you saw it you'd be like yep that's how they did it yeah that part was removed oh so they cut it from the show uh, uh, well they cut the the angle or they didn't have that little it was a five second little piece you didn't really notice it and I saw another video of that same trick being performed by the same people at a different place, and they filmed the in, it's an entire entirety, and it was not as amazing. So I think there is some trickery and foolery that can happen with angles, even though they're not trying to purposefully hide uh-huh. something. They hide some of the stuff that the layman might not miss, but a person who's a little bit more trained would see and say, "Oh, wait a minute, that's how they did that." So I think that's a little deceitful. So like, I didn't really get into Chris Angel. Like it didn't it didn't work for me. Whereas David Blaine did some stuff with close up magic. I think it was great illusions, mm-hmm. but he also kind of had that like I'm real. I can really do uh-huh. this. Yeah, yeah. I'm a demon you know, from you know like the depths. 
I don't know. David Blaine really did pull up, like he he played that paranormal supernatural mm-hmm. power card a lot. So I don't I don't know how much of a I don't know how much of a character is allowed before you become unethical because I don't think he was squeezing money out of people, you know, by by saying, "Oh, I'm paranormal. I'm going to do this, and you'll give me money because I did it specifically for you." It was a show or a performance. So again, I even think that is questionable on the line of exit. I don't think it's as unethical as maybe James Randi or Penn and Teller or something. Mm-hmm. I think personally, um, I really struggle with magic. The recent David Blaney kind of stuff, like uh, I'm gonna yeah, trap yeah. myself in a sandwich for yeah. forty years. What? <laughs> or, or like the freezing? Uh, uh, that, yeah, that's I'm not really a magic. That's not really a magic trick because anybody could do that. Well, uh, here's the thing: not really, because these tests of endurance are not something the human body can accomplish. But yeah, but how much support staff does he have? Like teaching him how to stay alive. I mean, to me, or how much of it is fake? He's got yeah. a tube that feeds oxygen to him. Yeah. So he didn't s- spend his six days underwater. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, there are things that are, um, uh, Olympic athletes do things that defy things. The human body are normally able to accomplish. Yes. Yes. But even they can't do some of the things that magicians are claiming to do it because it's an illusion and they're creating an effect. Well, and I think people yeah. kind of forget, and they're like, and I don't think that's a, a particularly interesting trick. If, for instance, I said, John, I'm going to show you a card trick. Pick a card, any card, and you grab a card, and I say, okay, now I'm going to set this deck of cards on the corner of the table, and we're going to wait here for six days, and then I'm going to find your card. Like, it's kind of a boring illusion. Yeah, like, yeah. it's so long. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, what? <laughs> like, uh, give me You're something not doing that's a anything, more yeah. impact yeah. and has a little bit more sh- why not make it a hundred days instead of six? Why not say come back three years from now? Why not bury the the deck of cards in the no, in the dirt yeah. for eighty years and come and it's back? Like, and it's a, no, there's and your child will reveal what my card was. A lot of it has to do with the speed and the misdirection and not showing the trick twice or showing the trick twice but having a second version of it. And now, what would you what would you say is like your favorite um magic trick of all time or illusion? Uh, I love. No, and you, it. see, and you've been you've been to Vegas a lot more than I have, so you've probably seen a lot more live magic shows than uh, I have. Yeah. But well, okay, I'm gonna say that Penn and Teller do a lot of not artsy fartsy illusions, but they do a lot of illusions that have a lot of narrative behind it, or yeah. they have a little bit more of a nuance to it. And and those are great. But as far as like bang up illusions, the the one that I pull out my phone. And show people on YouTube is David Copperfield's laser illusion. Okay. By far the most phenomenal trick I've I've ever watched on like a screen. I've never seen it live, but it, it was incredible. And I, I I love it, love it, love it. And I think that's one that I show people because I show them how how you can escalate a trick. How you show people something. And then you one up that, and you one up that, and you keep wanting it up until. Well, it's and Copperfield's the one that like. Made like the space shuttle disappear, right? Yeah, and like appear someplace else. Uh huh. Yeah, and those are things that were, you know, kind of like TV show trickery yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of you know they used that kind of stuff in in a way, and you know that was a precursor to that. So that's a little bit less of illusion based stuff. Um, w- one thing I really like about the Penn and Teller illusions, I love the tricks where they reveal the tricks. 
Yeah, that is cool. Like they when do they explain, so many, yeah. Yep. yeah, where they reveal how it's done, but it's still magical. You get you're impressed by the skill of it. Yeah, because they're, they're they're you know, and, and that's the thing is like even if you know how a trick yeah. is done, actually pulling it off takes a inordinate amount of skill. Oh, absolutely. Because there, I mean, there there have been times where I've taught myself how to do a magic trick. Can't do it, even even though, even though I know how to do it. <laughs> you know, and that that's. I, I think that is the really cool, uh, unique element about, about these guys is that they've dedicated, you know, hours to to be able to do like the sleight of hand to, to you know to get that card out of the the deck or mm-hmm. or, or to show you your card. And it's it's it is pretty amazing that they've honed their skills that well. Oh yeah, and and some of these magicians have the sleight of hand is incredible. I mean, the dexterity they have and some of the things they're able to accomplish. It's it's just phenomenal how that can happen. Um, I I think there's a certain uh, certain I don't know je ne sais quoi the French call a certain I don't know what uh, you know a certain characteristic about the the way that uh, a magician portrays his act. Like, what do you pick? Um, Piff the magic dragon. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's the driest comedian he comes out in a plush dragon outfit i'm not familiar with him oh, but oh, he yeah. sounds like he's right oh, up my alley oh, yeah, he's phenomenal piff? he comes out piff piff the magic dragon he comes piff? out in a plushy kind of a footy pajama dragon outfit he's like hello my name is piff you may know my brother he sounds like he's british yeah he, he is he's like you may know my brother steve like you think he's gonna say puff yeah, but yeah. i mean he's just he's yeah. so dry and yeah. witty and he does a good job that's his shtick yeah. Um, Teller made a, such a cool choice early on in his career by not talking. And he said, you know, when I, I can engage an audience more when I don't talk, they're focused solely on what I'm doing yeah. and they're not focused on the banter. And also it's hard to heckle somebody who yeah. isn't yeah. going to respond to you. And so, I mean, picking that, uh, that, that choice, uh, David Copperfield, David Blaine, Chris Angel, they all have a certain, you know, kind of shtick that they do. And I think that how ha- Half that of, shtick is that I mean that's a big part of the, the act. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Cuz you're paying you, attention to that. If you can't like the person, if you can't like the character and the act that they've created, the magic's secondary. You're not going to pay attention to that. You're not going to no. get behind it. Um I, I felt I saw David Copperfield live and I felt he had a certain kind of uh arrogance to him. Well, no, and Copperfield always has like the beautiful assistant. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's an element to it yeah, as well. Yeah. Like where you, I mean, you're focused in on her when he's, you know, <laughs> he's doing some, you know. Well, you know, here's the thing. I I follow magic and I know a lot about magic. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm saying I I've dabbled enough in it where I can look at a trick dabbled. and try to figure out what they did. And I saw Copperfield live, and there was a few times, like I, I was sat there and I was like, oh yeah. I know how he does this. Okay. Yeah, 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 he did this. Oh, I saw the trick there. Yeah. There was a few times I had no idea. Yeah. No yeah. idea. And I thought that's refreshing when somebody who kind of looks for that. When I go to a stage production, I, I direct things and I act. Yeah, yeah. I'm overly critical and I look at the little elements. So magic the same way. I'm like, oh, no, they should have did that different. When they're still able to fool me, uh-huh. I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Penn and Teller fool us. They have a, a kind of a game show, almost like an America's Got Talent. And magicians come on and they perform and they try to fool them. When you're able to fool two magicians that have been in the industry yeah. for you know eighty years, you know combined, 
holy cow. Like yeah. when you take that knowledge and you're able to pull one over on them, I mean, that just shows you how it, how incredible magic can be as far as developing and creating yeah. new tricks and yeah. things like that. It's it's pretty neat. Well, and with new technologies and what you can do with them. And yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. And it, a lot of times it's so interesting. Some of the coolest tricks are the simplest gimmicks. Like, yeah. I mean, just something you make with a piece of tape and yeah, you know, yeah, a pair of scissors yeah, at home. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have all this stuff. And and some of it's sleight of hand, uh, some of it's mathematics based. It's just kind of kind of a neat thing. I, I I enjoy me some magic. I know a lot of people that hate magic. Um Sarah, my girlfriend, she ooh, she's not care for magic. Why is that? She feels she feels it's deceptive. And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you go in. I hope that you go in expecting it's not real. Yeah, yeah. But like, she doesn't like being fooled, and then she also wants to know the answer. Well, but you're not really being fooled because you know something's going on. Well, you know, uh, but she doesn't know what, and so she thinks she's being lied to that somebody's not telling her how they do it. And I'm like, well, Sarah, but that's the joke. If somebody, if somebody came to you and said, "I'm going to have you pull a card out of the deck," coincidentally, all fifty-two cards are the same card, but you don't know that. Here's you picked one. I know exactly what your card is because they were all the same. Yeah. Well, that's a terrible trick because you know how it's done now. And if right after the trick I tell you, it kind of takes that wonder away oh, from you. Oh yeah, trying to okay, you it did out. that way. Yeah, you, no, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that's what she wants. And I'm like, I kind of like the mystery, and that's why it's refreshing when I see a trick I don't know how it's done. Because uh-huh. I am inquisitive. I'm like, oh, how would they do that? And I try to, you know, think about it and figure it out. And that's a, that's a cool. So have you ever went magic. to any like magic shops and and like and bought your own magic kits? Uh, <laughs> I was in Dallas, Texas once and went to a magic shop. It's the only magic specific shop I'd ever been to in this little mall. And I bought these trick um, pocket knives, and they were different colors. And you were able to change the colors of them and things like that. And I remember going through airport security and they flagged me because I had two pocket knives and I forgot about them. Okay. And yeah. so somebody from the conference that we were at is like, I'll have them shipped to you. Write down your address. I'll take them. You don't have to take because they wouldn't let me take them uh-huh. or check them or do anything. Yeah. And they never sent them to me. So they kind of stole Those my pocket knives. stores. Yeah. That's all worst. So like because like the decks of cards where all the cards, all 52 cards are the yeah. same card. Do you have to buy 52 decks of cards and then pull those uh, cards uh, out? Or, uh, or usually, do they sell the, uh, the decks of cards like that? Usually you wouldn't have that trick. You know, and, and the thing is, is like most magicians, I think if you're like a card magician, you probably have 10 decks of cards loaded on your body. Yeah. And you pull out a different deck or things like that. Like I can take a deck of cards that is set up for a very specific trick. And then after I'm done with that trick, I can then do another trick that requires no setup. And so it makes it look like the same deck of cards. And so I might take a, uh, a trick deck that's all set up and I do a trick and then somebody's like, well, let me see that deck do another trick, you know? And I'm like, okay. And I do the trick that doesn't require it. Uh-huh. Otherwise you could take out a coin. You could take out a fork. You could do a different trick, put the cards in your pocket, take a different deck out of another pocket, and they think it's uh-huh. the same deck. Yeah. And so it's preset, and it's kind of kind of set up. Not, not all magicians would do it that way. But most people aren't going to take the deck of 52 cards. Uh-huh. Usually use those as plants. You know, you might have 52 jacks, or 51 jacks all around the room. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the 51st, and you're like, John, pick an object in the room. And you're like, that picture frame. And you're like, well, behind that is your card. You know, yeah. like, 
Yeah. And you can make it amazing that way, but uh, that's kind of lame magic. Well, but <laughs> but so like like a magic store, do they have fifty two different decks of cards where it's like I hey I I I'm really feeling the three of diamonds this week. I, I'd really like that to be my deck of cards. Do you, I mean, can you go into a magic store and buy like a deck? They of, might usually. Like I specific think specific card. I think with the online prevalence, you could do it. Now I yeah. I bought decks of fifty two of one card and. I'm sure that they have somebody that takes 52 decks and then sorts them all through, or they have a agreement with Bicycle or a company to just print those decks specifically. Um, but yeah, you can buy them like that. Do you put that in your card drawer with the other cards and like? Yeah, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, we're, we're playing with the poker, first game we're of poker, poker, they yeah. all have four yes, aces. Yes. Like, oh my goodness, what is going there? on? <laughs> or they have That's eight a magic aces. trick. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think I think magic isn't as corny as some people think it is. Like, I think it's gets the stigma that it's just kind of, um, you know, rabbits and white or white rabbits and hats kind of thing. Yeah. And that's a certain style of magic. Then you have the close up, then you have the mind freaky stuff. Then you have the, you know, more artistic penitentiary kind of edgy stuff. Um, and I think there's different styles and I think new styles will form. Uh, I, I know Penn and Teller were on SNL a season. And one interesting thing about their, performance you know the rope trick where you cut a rope and you cut it into multiple pieces yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's restored yeah, yeah they did that same trick with a snake a live okay. snake all right and so they cut the snake and then cut it again and then the snake restored itself and do a piece uh-huh. and they got hate mail how'd they do it i'll tell you later it's okay. a secret i don't want to be kicked out of the magic castle that i'm not involved with <laughs> secret. but but they got hate mail Another trick they did on that same show and same stop it. Another trick they did on that same show. Uh, Teller died in a tank of water. He drowns, like as part okay. of the trick, right. yeah. the part of the narrative. He yeah. drowns on the trick. Yeah. Okay, they wheel him away, and during the closing SNL um, scene where they all come out, the actors Teller doesn't come out. They leave him <laughs> oh dead, and nobody sent hate mail about that. But the snake, where they clearly didn't hurt the snake because they wouldn't have been, you know. Like, yeah. that got hate mail. And so it's amazing how – I think that that's a good example of how if something can invoke those types of emotions, I mean, that's like any other thing you see. The shock value on TV yeah. or, you know, those types of things. You you can do cool stuff with illusions um, and do it for good reasons. I have no problems with mentalists, fortune tellers and stuff like that when they're not taking advantage of people. If you're telling me – and personally, I don't buy into the I'm talking to someone otherworldly – and I'm talking to your deceased relative. I don't buy into that because I've seen so many people that have done it to take advantage of people. Yeah, yeah. If there are people that can do that, they've not come forward or I've not seen them personally. It kind of seems like they're taking advantage. And that, maybe that's your dead why relatives just don't want to talk to you. <laughs> that's, that's true, maybe. They're like, well, we left this world so we could get away from Josh. So yeah. that's what we're doing. That's exactly that's what they told me. Do you me. really think that's, that's oh that's, that's what, what they told, they told you. me? Yeah. Oh, you can yes. you can do that. I think it's fascinating the psychology of uh, you know magic tricks in general. I I watched a mentalist one time and he described you know how they use nonverbals and things of that nature to get people to to do certain things you know. And so like he gave the example where he said I want you to think of uh, you know I want you to think of a two simple shapes you know uh-huh. think, think of two simple shapes and uh, okay so you got 
don't don't think of a don't think of a square like that's that's a simple shape don't think of that one already said that so you got a simple shape and you know you might uh, so i want you to put one of those shapes inside of another shape okay Okay? you got it yeah all right was one of the shapes a circle yeah was one of them a triangle yeah was a triangle in the circle no oh so it's the other way around yeah perfect and so what he said is he, and and in that trick, I mean, it's hard when you're doing a podcast, but yeah. he did signals with his hands of a triangle, and yeah. he did a signal yeah. with a circle, and subconsciously you kind of get those. Yeah, he removed the square, which is a typical shake. Yeah, and those kinds of things, it's easy to manipulate people when you have those types of tricks in your pocket. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that those things are happening. Now there is a great South Park regarding that. Oh, the John what, Edwards. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Where well, where Stan uh, becomes like a yeah yeah. We like, oh, is there an F? Is there a L? Is there a W? There is. Oh goodness. Um, James Randi had a a television show where he did that same thing, and he had them record the session, and he went over the session and told the guy, and I don't remember the exact numbers, but the guy you know was talking about the session. He's like, well, do you feel the session was good? He's like, yeah. The person gave me a great reading. He's like, do you feel that they hit? Most of the targets, do you feel that there was any guesswork there? Absolutely not. He got the transcript and was like, do you realize that they said 38 different names and that you only responded to two of them? And yeah. that they said, and he went through all these stats and was like, there's no way. And he asked the guy, does <laughs> yeah. this change your opinion? He's like, no, because I know that she she was reading. And I think a lot of it's the want. Yeah, yeah. And you- when you prey upon people's emotions like that that's where it gets really shady yeah there's well and there's that there, there's that sense of loss that you're trying to like fill when you're when you're talking to those people mm-hmm. and so you want to believe okay. you want to believe that your loved one is trying to talk to you from beyond i wonder at what point because i don't want to say these people are all doing things for malicious reasons but let's say that they really think they have a power at what point do they cross over to that to think, because a lot of them might think, okay, I am getting these letters. And it might be just their brain running through alphabet, you know? And then they pick uh-huh. a name, and then that's not it. Okay, another name. And the, I wonder if they're fooled by their own... Yeah, do you think any of those you know? people are like, yeah, they're they're f- defrauded by their own fraud? Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Shana, I wonder if like they true. start to believe their own cooking? Well, John, I want to end the show by showing you a magic trick. Okay. I'm going to make myself disappear. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to Pop Culture Problems. We'll see you next time. Holy crap, where did Josh go? Here I am. Hey.